Welcome back to Health Check. I'm Heidi Godman. My guest today is from Sarasota Memorial Hospital's genetic education program. Nicole Wood is a certified genetic counselor at Sarasota Memorial. By the way, one of the only certified genetic counselors on all of the West Coast of Florida. Um, But this is probably an area where we're going to see some expansion. We're already seeing expansion at Memorial's program, now a two-person program. And if you want more information about it, just check it out on the website, smh.com forward slash genes, because we're talking about genetic testing, smh.com forward slash genes. And Nicole, we were starting to talk a little bit about, you know, someone's gone through the testing and what do you do with the information? But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit more for people who are just tuning in about who is a candidate for genetic testing. Why would you want to get that? Most people want to get genetic testing for their benefit of their children um, and their family members. And um, really, you know, we can do genetic tests on anybody, whether you've had cancer or whether you've not. Um, But people mostly want to come in uh, because they've had a family history of lots of cancers or personal history of cancer. We know that cancer is most common in, you know, our older population. Just like the rest of us, our genes are, we're born with them and we have them all throughout our lives. And so as we're exposed to different things, smoking, environmental exposures, these genes can change or, you know, modify themselves in certain ways that may break them. Um, So we know that the cancer protection genes in particular are most susceptible to that. So we tend to see cancer happening in the later years, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, And anytime we see cancer happening in somebody very young, under the age of 50, that's a red flag for us. That's that's a, a time where we'd like to get involved and help them figure out why this is happening to them so young. We also see people who have lots of family members who have had cancer. So even if a patient hasn't had cancer themselves or had cancer at, at a later point in their life, but they've got three, four family members who have had breast cancer, that's something else we need to take into account too. We need to figure out, is this going from one generation down through the next? And is it maybe going to affect the next generation, their children mm-hmm. or their grandchildren. Right. And, you know, for example, every October, we always talk so much about breast cancer. But of course, I talk about it all year long uh, because it's just something that that you you need to know about, not only in October. And for example, with breast cancer, um, we we might say that you you're at a greater risk if your mother or sister had it, but not if your grandmother had it. Why is that? Do we know? So if your grandmother has had it, you're still at a little bit of an increased risk, just not as much as if it was your mother or your sister. And the reason for that is just the distance between generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you share 50% of your DNA with your mother, but she shares 50% of her DNA with her mother. And so you technically would only share about 25% of your genes with your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I mean, you can do the simple math that way and mm-hmm. look at it like that. But does that necessarily ease someone's mind? You know, can someone come in and say, hey, look, my grandfather died of colon cancer. Um, my mom has had a couple of polyps in a colonoscopy, but nothing you know, that ever looked bad. I, I think I want to know. Is that something people say? Definitely. And the thing we like to highlight is that, you know, these are cancer predisposition genes. They're not destiny genes. They're not fate genes. They don't tell you that you're definitely going to get any kind of cancer. So people can have one of these you know, broken genes 
and never get cancer throughout their whole long, happy life. But they can pass it down to their children. But as far as who's a candidate, I mean, you you might be a candidate if a doctor recommends it. And at Sarasota Memorial, you're specifically doing cancer genetic testing, uh, oncological genetic testing. So you're looking for those things. But in general, can someone just come in and say, you know, I think I should get genetic testing. Can anybody be a candidate or not? Anybody is welcome to come in and, and talk about genetic testing. Um, of course, we're our, our you know, office is wide open for people to come in and, and learn about genetics and if they may be a candidate. Insurance, however, is not so welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will not cover genetic testing unless you meet their set of criteria, um, which has to do with how old people were when they were diagnosed in themselves or in their family members. And also how many family members have been affected with these cancers. So insurance is very picky about who they will and will not cover. Um, but, you know, we welcome any conversation about these genetic tests. And if they're not a candidate, there are options for self-pay genetic testing. Okay. All right. But at, at Memorial, it's specifically having to do with cancer. That's correct. Okay. And again, uh, 10% of all cancers are genetic. The 90%, we don't really know what exactly. is causing these things. We think it's exposure or lifestyle or or we aren't really sure. Um, so let's talk about the people who are candidates and they come in, they want to get the testing. Something they have to do in advance is fill out an information form and prepare a little bit. Tell us about that. Yeah, we always like patients to come in you know, prepared. We ask many, many questions and many detailed questions about family history. Sometimes patients will come in and say, oh, I wish I had known that we were going to talk about this. I would have called my mom ahead of time. And so we try and let patients know that they should call their mom ahead of time and get some of this information so that they can be prepared. And if, if you want an idea of what kinds of things, I'm looking at the form right now, and you can too if you go to smh.com forward slash genes, you'll see there is the genetic education department at smh.com forward slash genes. And then you can click on the personal and family history uh, information worksheet that you can fill out. And there is a a whole long list of things that you can gather and find out. And then you can get an idea of the kinds of things that you might need to know about. Are all family members forthcoming with those kinds of things when you're in that process? Absolutely not. Um, So cancer has historically been kind of a taboo word. Um, People don't really like to share with their, even with their family members that they've had cancer or are going through something like it. And so we deal with that all the time. There's always an element of uncertainty with relatives and with the family history. Also, people didn't always have great access to healthcare or to doctors. And sometimes many generations ago, people just died and we didn't know why. Autopsies weren't performed. And, you know, even as doctors, our abilities to diagnose people with cancer wasn't at where it is today. So we always deal with patients who say, oh, my family doesn't talk to each other. I haven't talked to, you know, cousin so-and-so in in many years. And that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. all right. Whatever we know is great. Whatever we don't know, that's okay, too. Okay. And even with some limited information, you can still pursue testing. Absolutely. If a patient still meets criteria, even with, you know, what limited information they have, whether it's based on their personal history or what we do know about their family history, we can definitely pursue testing. All right. Let's talk about what what you can do with the answers. We talked about that a little bit in the segment before. 
and and how you are there to counsel those those folks when they get the information. You're specially trained in how to break difficult news to people and and things like that. But what about the ramifications within your family and the ramifications at work or with your insurance company? There there are so many issues. There are, and it's a it's a lot to take in um, when a patient is first you know approached with this call that says you know we, we did find something. Um, it can be emotional. It can be difficult. Um, you are protected under a law called GINA, which is the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. Ooh, say that again. It's GINA, G-I-N-A, and it stands for the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. I'm writing it down. Okay, GINA. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, and most people haven't. This is a law that was put into place about 10 years ago. And it protects you from your employers accessing this information or using it against you in a discriminatory way. It also protects you from your health insurance companies doing the same. So they can't raise your premiums or deny you coverage based on these tests. All right. So it's protecting your you and your information from your employees or from your health insurance company from getting that information and from discriminating against you. And what else? And, you know, for your insurance companies, they may need the information to, you know, support mammograms or breast MRIs, but they can't use it against you. They can't raise your premiums. They can't deny you coverage for anything that's medically necessary based on these tests. Um, And it's really a wonderful law. I don't always learn new things (laughs) when I do interviews, and this is so fascinating. I mean, I've been doing it a long, long, long time, so I've really heard a lot, and I try to keep up as much as I can, and certainly I don't know everything. I just know a teeny slice of the pie, but but it's so fascinating to hear uh, about how this has developed, and and when you do hear about this, it's the kind of stuff that you really want to make sure you understand and fully grasp. So does that GINA Act give people the the confidence that they can move forward with genetic testing a lot of the times it does you know this we talk about it in almost every genetic counseling session especially when patients bring up concerns Um, and sometimes that can be the motivating factor Um, when genetic testing first came out insurance companies did in fact use the information to sometimes discriminate against people Mm -hmm. and to raise their premiums and make them pay a lot more just because they got this test done and that was a big fear. And luckily, this law kind of assuages it and, and helps people to realize that, you know, everybody's on the same team here. We all just want patients to be healthy. Terrific. All right. Well, we are going to find out much more about this. And also, what about those home testing kits that have been in the news lately? And also, what does what does it mean if you do have a predisposition? Is there anything you can do to prevent yourself from developing whatever disease it is that that your genes indicate you might be predisposed to. We are going to find out when we continue speaking with Nicole Wood, a certified genetic counselor from Sarasota Memorial Hospital. This is Health Check with Heidi Godman on WSRQ. We'll be right back.